Well, congratulations. You have read through the Old Testament. Let's give yourself a hand. That's a really big undertaking to do. And there's a lot of great things that we've read in the Old Testament. I know that some of us have struggled with parts of the Old Testament. It can get very violent. And so we ask the question, why some of these things have happened? And, you know, we're New Testament people, so why do we have to read the Old Testament? But the Old Testament's part of our story. Uh, And it it starts out with how God created us to be in relationship with God and with each other and and how we kind of rebelled against God and then how God launched a plan to win us back. And we've been seeing how God has been going about that plan, and it's laid the groundwork for Jesus coming into the world, and we're going to start digging back into that as a congregation in August, but uh, again, just thank you all for hanging in with the Old Testament, some ups and, and downs, but hopefully a lot of ups to understand more about how we get to Jesus and why we need Jesus, and so just so excited that we've been able to spend this time together. Uh, today, we're going to recognize our last uh, random winner of a pizza party for our children who've been drawn monsters for us to kind of go along with this series to involve the children with what we're doing. And so I just want to give kudos to Sarah today. You can see her artwork up here on the, on the screen. And so uh, we're super excited and grateful for all the children who submitted uh, pictures of monsters throughout this series. It's just been a fun way to, to kind of lighten the mood of when we're dealing with monsters or things that attack our faith. And so I'm ready to jump into our last monster today. And let's just begin have to admit I'm a little bit, well, maybe a lot jealous of some of the people that we've read about in the Bible who had direct encounters with God. Think about like Adam and Eve who saw God in person, were able to walk around the Garden of Eden with God. I think about people who heard directly from God like Samuel or some of the prophets that, we, that we've, we've read about who actually hear God's voice audibly like you're hearing my voice right now. And And then some of those folks who get a very special encounter from God, kind of like Moses when he saw the burning bush on fire and God spoke to him through that. And I'm sure that was weird, but once he figured out what was going on, how special that was. And in my own life, I hear from God, but not in those ways. And I don't know about you, but in my life, sometimes I just, I find myself being jealous of that and, and asking God, God, why can't I encounter you like that? You know, why, why can't you just, you know, appear to me, you know, in my room? I won't tell anybody, whatever it is. I just, I'd like to see you like Adam and Eve saw you or Moses when he was on Mount Sinai or, you know, just give me a few words. It doesn't have to be a paragraph or, a, you know, even a full sentence. Just let me hear your voice, God, like, like Samuel, like some of the prophets. Prophets, uh, God, just, you know, sometimes I'm like, God, just let me know that you're real. Just, you know, just show up. Let me see you. Let me, let me hear you. Sometimes it's like, God, you know, just tell me what to do. I'm at my end, Lord of the rope, and I just need some clear direction from you. Just lay it out. Let me hear from you. Lord, speak to me. Can you identify with that? Have you ever wanted God to speak to you in that way? God, God, let me know that you're real. God, show up. God, let me hear from you with certainty. I just want to be like some of those people in the Bible. If you can speak to them in that way, why won't you speak to me that way? And, and so, you know, we're coming into the end of the Old Testament today. And I'm guessing some of us all are a little bit jealous of some of the people in the Bible. We would like to hear from God that way. We like to see God face to face. We like to hear God's audible voice, you know, make it clear, give us a sign, whatever it is, so that we, we can feel and hear God like the people 
in the Bible. And I think that's a yearning that, that many of us have. And uh, as we get to the end of the Old Testament, before we get to the New Testament, there's going to be like 400 years of what they call the silent years in which uh, we don't have anything written in Scripture of God communicating where the prophets haven't been sent to give another message. And and, and so it's this, this 400 year kind of silent period. Now, you know, I got to believe that God still communicated to the people of Israel. Uh, there's some, some books that were written that are outside of our Bible that, that other people recognize as, as being from God during this, this time. But, but we as Methodists and as Protestants, we, we don't really recognize that. So there's this, this, this period of like silence. And so like today's monster is, is silence. What do we do when we cannot hear from God? What do we do when we're yearning to hear from God? When we we're just we just want one little one little sound out of God. How do we deal when we are looking to God and all we get back is silence? And so we're going to wrestle with that today. And, and when we leave, I, I hope we'll all feel better that, that God is, in fact, speaking to us. We just have to learn how to attune our ears to hear from God. And so we're in this end of the, of the Old Testament. And, and kind of to put it in context, uh, the people of Israel uh, had, had gotten into trouble with God. They'd been divided as a nation into the north and the south. And both the north and south had been conquered by foreign nations. And they'd been taken away into exile. And in the city of Jerusalem, their capital had been destroyed. And the temple where they worshiped was destroyed. And, and now God has liberated them. And the people have come back to the land of Israel. And, and they've been, begun to rebuild the temple, which they've completed where they can worship God. They've got their own houses. And in this week's reading, which we also saw on the screen, they, they've rebuilt the walls around the city of Jerusalem, and it, it didn't take a, a lot of time for that to happen. And, and as we think about rebuilding, right, rebuilding the place where they worship, like the national place of worship, to rebuild the, the city of Jerusalem that was their capital, and, and it reminds them why they're doing what they're doing. They were God's chosen nation to show the world who God was. And it's kind of hard to do that when they've been defeated and their city's gone and their place of worship is gone. And so they're ecstatic to come back and to rebuild Jerusalem and, and begin worshiping there again. I think it's just really cool how they're talking about rebuilding uh, their place of worship uh, and their city when uh, our church is, is, is in the demolition phase. And, and we've been working towards this for five years as we, as we prepare to rebuild rebuild our campus uh, to reach the next generations for God. And so uh, it's been, you know, a couple of weeks of mixed emotions as we have many warm and awesome memories of, of worshiping God and being together and growing closer to God and each other in, in our church campus. And it's kind of hard to see it come down. And at the same time, we're excited about rebuilding and, and being the, the crossroads for the South Park community, just like we were for the Sharon community. And so we look forward with optimism and with hope. And it's just really neat that we're reading in scripture about rebuilding God's place of worship. And I've got a picture here of my son, Luke and me uh, from this week when we, uh, we went to watch the cross on the steeple be taken down uh, before we finished the, the final demolition of the steeple this week. And, and we're going to hang on to that cross and we're going to use that in our new campus. And so it's a really kind of awesome way to honor the past and where we came from, not just the last 50 years of ministry, but going back to Jesus and the whole reason we're here is to share the love of Christ with our community, and we're going to incorporate that into our new campus. And so that was really cool reading that this week as we look forward to beginning to rebuild our own place of worship here in the South Park community. 
But we need to get back to the whole monster of silence. And so I just invite you to think about, you know, anything that, that you've read or we've read together over the, the, the past first part of the year about how God has spoken or, or spoke to the people of the Bible. And God did it in a lot of interesting ways. Again, sometimes it was face-to-face in person like he was with Adam and Eve and walking around that Garden of Eden. I just just can't imagine how incredibly awesome that must have been for them. And yet, they still managed to find a way to mess it all up, but still they had that time with God in person and and just amazing. And then we've read about people who God has spoken to audibly. The young boy Samuel kept hearing God call his name and he didn't understand what was happening, so his mentor had to kind of help him understand that he was hearing from God. And we've read about the prophets who heard from God, and then they in turn went and, and took God's message to the people, but they had this direct connection to God. We, we've read about people who God has spoken to in dreams, and we read about Jacob, and, and he dreamed about this, this ladder that went to heaven where angels were climbing up and down the ladder, and that was really cool. And we read about the Pharaoh of Egypt, the ruler of Egypt, long, long time ago. We had these crazy dreams about fat cows and skinny cows and and how a man named Joseph was sent by God to interpret those dreams and so you know that's pretty cool to think that God can can speak through dreams and we saw that God spoke through people to 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 other people and so God spoke to prophets they heard directly from God and and then they spoke to the people of Israel so Israel heard from God they just had someone kind of giving them the message from God and so kind of as an intermediary to do that We've seen God speak through nature as God parted the Red Sea for the people of of Israel to escape from Egypt in the Exodus. We've seen God uh, speak through burning bush for Moses. And so, you know, we've seen God speak through the creation itself. God spoke everything into existence, and, and we can see God in the beautiful world that God has created for us with the mountains and the oceans and the trees and the sunsets. We, we, can, we can see God in that. And we've also seen in, in reading the Scripture that God speaks through the Bible. And we read about Moses and how God gave him the law, right? Most of, most of the whole first five books of the Old Testament, you know, written down for Moses. And, and so people could pass that on orally. They could, they could read it. And, and so if people wanted to hear from God, they, they had God's word directly in front of them. And, and how amazing that is. And, and so as I think about all that we've read and all the ways that God has spoken, and there's probably a lot more than the ways that God has spoken, I just begin to wonder, you know, well, how does he speak today? 21st century America, here we are in Charlotte. Uh, can we expect to hear from God in, in similar ways? I think most, most of those ways God is still speaking. Maybe not in the way uh, to you or to me, but, but maybe to someone else God appears in a physical way. Maybe God is speaking audibly to some of us and, and God is speaking through people uh, for, for others of us. And so I, just, I would invite you today to, to think in your own life, how do you hear from God? What are some of the ways that we've read about in the Bible? What are, what are some of the ways in your own life? How is it that, that you hear from God? And if you've never heard from God, maybe let's think about how we might start listening to God. Or maybe we can look back in our life and think, wow, maybe God was speaking to me and maybe I just didn't understand it or just didn't hear it at the time. Because I, I think that's probably the case. If, if we have not heard from God, maybe God has been speaking to us, maybe just in ways that we haven't expected to hear from God. So just kind of be thinking about that in your own life as, as we continue to kind of walk through this. Like in my own life, 
life, I'll just be honest with you, the ways that I hear from God, it, it's not been God showing up, poof, hey, it's Jesus right in front of me, or uh, he has it, hey, Kyle, you need to stop doing that, or uh, you need to start doing that. I, I haven't heard God's audible voice, or if I did, I didn't understand that it was God at the time. Uh, so the way that I hear from God usually is when I'm praying, spending time with God, trying to listen for God. Uh, usually I, I have these thoughts that pop up in my head that, that don't seem to come from me, but seem to be some kind of an answer or a nudge or, a, or a pushing me to, to something that I think God has placed in my heart. Now the question always is, well, how do I know it's God putting the thought in my head rather than me putting that thought in there and then just saying that's what God wants me to do because that's what I want to do. And so Hang on to that. We're going to come back to that later in the message. How do we know that we're hearing from God rather than from ourselves or from somebody who's self-serving? Because that's, that's a pretty big deal. But for me, I hear from God in thoughts. I hear from God through other people, through other pastors that I watch sermons or listen to, through books that I read, through, through you all. I mean, I've heard God speak to me many times through people of my life and my family, my congregation. Sometimes even strangers have, have, have said something that, that, that had to be from God to me, and maybe they didn't even know that. And so I do believe God speaks through each other, speaks through us, and it's, it's kind of cool to begin to listen to that. I, I, I find God when I'm in nature and I can look around and just see the glory of creation and to know, wow, God made this and, and he made it for us and to us to enjoy. I think that's a, a powerful and, and a special way to, to kind of hear from God. And, and God, I think the best way God speaks to me is in the Bible. And, and that's why we're spending an entire year reading through the Bible together and, and it's powerful. And, and I know it was written like thousands of years ago, but it, it's funny. It's like sometimes I'll read a passage that I've read a million times and never meant anything to me. But at this point in my life, it just jumps out at me. And it's for me right now because it's something that I'm dealing with in my life. And, and it might not mean something to me in five years, but it's just cool how God's word is alive. And the Holy Spirit is flowing through that. And even though it was written by many different authors a long time ago, it's this divine truth that continues to speak to us every day. Uh, at least that's been my experience of that. And so, you know, the Word of God is alive and well. And so those are just some of the ways that God speaks to, to your pastor. And it doesn't have to be that way for you, uh, but these are ways that, that I hear from God talking to one of my friends who's a pastor and just has been trying to to open himself up to hear from God in different ways as uh, just, you know, doing all the things that we normally do, but has gone back to read some of the ways that people have been listening to God for a long time just in different Christian traditions. And so some of the things that, that he has been trying, I've found interesting. And so, you know, weighing whether or not to try to give him a, a, a shot or not, but one of them is, he read about this uh, idea to where you, you just try to imagine that Jesus is standing next to you, try to visualize that, and, and to have an out loud conversation, probably going to be one way for a while, uh, with Jesus who's there. And, and so he said when he first started out doing it, 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 he was kind of embarrassed about it, and he was by himself, and he's, you know, he's talking, hey, Jesus, you know, good to see you, thanks for coming today. And he said, yeah, that was really kind of weird to do that, because no one's standing there. And uh, he said, uh, Jesus, you know, uh, would you like to sit down here? And he's like, well, I guess you can sit down anywhere. You made the whole world. So why don't you, you know, choose where you want to sit? And I, he was just nervous trying to figure all this out. But he said the more he did, the more he just imagined Christ sitting there and tried to picture Christ and, and just audibly talk to God. He said, it's just a very powerful way for him to connect to God. Now, I'm not sure if he's heard anything back yet or not, but it's, it's, it's just another way 
of trying to understand and to, and to connect to God that, that a bunch of other Christians have done in the past. Another thing that he's trying out is that when you read like a story in Scripture of trying to insert yourself into the story and, and you know, it's black and white words on a page, but to try and you know, close your eyes you know, after you've read it and, and try to imagine that you're there. What does it look like and, and what does it sound like? What does it smell like? Try to involve all the senses in there and you know, who, who are the characters and what do they look like? Who's saying what and what tone of voice are they using? Is that a sarcastic comment? And just try to insert yourself in to help this really feel like it was something that really happened, which it did. And, and how would we react? And who would we most identify with? And, you know, that sounds a little more interesting to me maybe than the first one that I, that I shared. And, and it's just kind of a cool way to, to ease into the Bible. He was also talking to me about how one of his prayers lately has been, God, I just want wisdom. You know, make me a wise husband. I, you know, I want to honor my wife and make me a wise father. I, I want to I be a great father to my children. Help me to be a wise pastor. I want to, you know, pastor the church and care for my people and community the best way that I can. God, just, just give me wisdom. And we read about that with Solomon and how God said, you know, name anything you want. And Solomon asked for wisdom. And so my friend's like, God, you know, I, I would like some wisdom. And just been praying for wisdom and wisdom and wisdom like every day. And so the other day he was reading his Bible and he's flipping through. And it opened up on the book of Proverbs, which we read as part of, uh, you know, the story in the Old Testament. Uh, and and do you y'all remember what the book of Proverbs is about? Wisdom. And so he, he opened it up and he's seen the book of Proverbs like a million times. But it just it was like, boom, it was like the answer from God. He's like, you want to learn how to be a wise father? You want to learn how to be a wise husband? You want to learn how to be a wise pastor? I've given you an entire book in the Bible about wisdom. Read it, you know? And so for him, it was like this eye-opening moment of, I've been praying for something that's right in front of my face the entire time. Not that God can't add to the wisdom of Proverbs, and I'm sure that God does that, but for my friend, a pastor who, you know, is in the Bible a lot, it was like this, like just this rediscovery that, hey, if I really want to hear from God, maybe all I really need to do is open up the Bible and read it because it is the living word of God. So, brothers and sisters, how do you hear from God? How do you listen from God? How could God be speaking to you? And maybe you're hearing it, maybe you're not. And so as we think about the Old Testament, as we think about why we're doing the story, so what? What's the big deal? What's the point? And I think today the so what is that God speaks in multiple ways. God speaks to us in multiple ways. We probably would like God to show up in person. We'd like to hear an audible voice from God. And maybe some of us get that, but God also speaks through nature and through other people and through scripture and, and even through dreams. And so we uh, have to realize that, that God is speaking in multiple ways. We just have to understand and accept that. Sometimes we'll like the ways that God speaks and sometimes we won't. And so, you know, the next question is, well, now what do we do about that? And I think the big thing is that we must practice hearing from God. If we want to hear from God, and it's not the, hey, here I am, or hey, here's the audible voice, then we need to practice hearing from God. We need to spend time with God in nature. We need to spend time listening to God in prayer. We, we need to listen to the other people in our lives that God has placed there. Maybe we have a crazy dream we need to talk to somebody about. And, and of course, I think the, the biggest way, the, the easiest way that we can physically see is reading the Word of God. 
reading the Bible that God says, here is my word. This is, is what I'm saying. So I just, I'd like to read to you a passage if you want to look along with me on the screens or if you've got your Bibles uh, or, or apps. We're going to be in the Old Testament book of Nehemiah. We read this this week. It's Nehemiah chapter 8. So the people of Israel have come back to Jerusalem. They've rebuilt Jerusalem. They've got the temple to worship. They've got the walls. They've got all that stuff. And everybody gathers together and they ask one of their leaders, Ezra, to come and do something pretty cool. So Nehemiah chapter 8, verse one. So all the people of Israel came together as in one, as one in the square before the water gate. Now this is not Richard Nixon. This is not Washington, D.C. Uh, the walls around the city of Jerusalem had gates of entry into the city and they named them after common things. So the, the water gates where you go to get water. So that's kind of where they're, they're gathering. They told Ezra, the teacher of the law of God, to bring out the book of the law of Moses, the first five books of the Old Testament, which the Lord uh, had commanded for Israel. So on the first day of the seventh month, Ezra the priest brought the law before the assembly, which was made up of men and women and all who were able to understand. And Ezra read it aloud from daybreak until noon. Y'all thought I preached for a long time. Daybreak until noon as he faced the square before the water gate in the presence of the men, women, and others who could understand. And all the people listened attentively to the book of the law. So what's going on here is, is at the center of all that they're doing, everyone gathers together and they read the Bible together. And, and, and so as, as we want to hear from God, as we know that God speaks in multiple ways, and we want to practice hearing from God in all those ways, all the ways that we talked about today are awesome. But the primary way that we hear from God is through the Word of God, and that's reading Scripture together. And the together part is important because sometimes we can read Scripture on our own and we can be completely clueless. Or we can interpret in a way uh, that God didn't really mean, but it, it makes sense to us because it benefits us. But when we get together, we have a better chance of trying to hear different opinions and, and hearing from God in different ways to try to find out what the Bible is really saying. Now, groups of people can still get it wrong, but, it, but it's harder to do that when we're together. And so there's something powerful about reading the Bible together. That's why we're, we're spending a year doing it together. We're, we're all reading the same thing at the same time. We come together on Sunday and we talk about that. We have small groups, our life groups that then read scripture and talk about it together. And we learn from each other, man, this was awesome. Or this was awful. Or I don't understand this. Or what do you think? It is it, powerful for us to hear from God as we read scripture together. After the first service today, I had someone come through and through and shake my hand and say, you know what, Pastor Kyle, you're right. I'm in a small group. I'm reading the Bible more than ever. We're having more discussions about the Bible. I'm praying more and I'm hearing more from God than ever. It's true. You just got to give it a chance. And, 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 and that's what it's about. It, it's right. God speaks in multiple ways. We've got to practice how to hear from God. But one of the best ways to do that is to read scripture and to read scripture together. And so I think that's practical advice that all of us can take. Now, the question is, so when we think we're hearing from God as individuals, as small groups, as a church, as a, as a denomination, you know, how do we know that we're really hearing from God and we're not just saying what we want God to say, right? Because sometimes it'd be easy to say God wants to do this when it's really I want to do this and I'm going to put God's stamp on it so I have the authority to do that. So how do we know it's God speaking rather than us speaking? Because we always run the risk of that. 
And so, hey, should I ask this person out on a date? I'm feeling led to do that. Or, hey, I'm feeling led to pop the question and let's get married. I'm feeling led to move to a new city. Or I'm feeling led to start a new career. Hey, I'm feeling led. We should knock down our church building of 50 years. How do we know that that's God and not ourselves? And so John Wesley, who's the founder of Methodism, he had a litmus test for this. And there's four things that he said, if you're hearing from God, you should probably use these things to kind of weigh it to see if it's true. So if you're hearing from God, the first thing to do is to say, well, what does the Bible say about that? Is there anything in the Bible that that might be able to speak to what we're going through? Again, Scripture is God's Word. It's primary stuff. So, you know, if we hear, hey, you know, I I think God's calling me to move to Colorado so I can smoke weed legally. I think that's what God's calling me to do. You know what? Maybe that's not in the Bible (laughs) for you to to do something and put chemicals into your Bible, into your body that that can harm them. Right? So start with Scripture. Then the second thing is, is the tradition. What does the church teach? Right? There have been Christians for thousands of years. And, and they have lots of collective wisdom together. And, and how can we learn from them? And, you know, we might need some help with reading scripture or reading tradition, you know, from a pastor or a learned, learned person. But, but we have those people and we, we can help you do that. And the third thing uh, John Wesley says was use your brains. God gave you a brain for a reason, right? Reason it out. Think through it. Is, is this something that, that God would, would cause me to do? Now, the challenge here is that sometimes God calls us to do things that are crazy. At least they look crazy to the world, but to God, they're not crazy. So, so sometimes reason can help us and sometimes it, it can perplex us. And then finally, he says, you know, what's your personal experience of God? Does what you hear from God fit with how you know who God is? For example, if I came up today and said, y'all, you know, I just, I feel that God's calling me to quit the ministry so that I can engage in a singing career. Uh, Hopefully you would tell me that you're crazy because that's not our experience of God in you, Pastor Kyle. That's just not your gift. And so scripture, tradition, reason, like God doesn't want us to check our brains at the door and experience. These are ways to kind of figure out, am I hearing from God correctly? Are we hearing from God correctly? Uh, And it it kind of helps us uh, come together. See, the more we're coming together, the better chance we have of really hearing what God is trying to say to us. I'd like to take just a moment uh, to talk to our graduates, uh, to talk to Katie and Connor, and uh, just want to say, how incredibly proud we are of you two. And uh, we've had a chance to see you grow up in the congregation, and we've done everything we can as a congregation and as families to raise you in the faith and to give you a solid footing and give you roots that, that, that kind of anchor you down as you prepare to go to college, go out and start your working career and all that kind of stuff. And we just want to say we love you and we're proud of you, and we believe that God has special plans for your life that are already unfolding. And we can already see God in action in your lives and that you are great people and you are young men, young women that we are proud of and you are faithful to God. And we couldn't be any prouder of you today. And we're super excited as you're getting ready to embark on the next step of your journey. And as Kevin said, it's an exciting time, but it also can be a, a fearful time. I remember when my parents dropped me off for the, my, you know, my first day at college and they helped get me settled in my room. And I was thinking, you know, come on, it's time for you to leave. I'm ready to be on my own and have some independence. And you're kind of embarrassing me, mom, putting all that stuff on my bed and, you know, just whatever. But, but when they left, man, I was like, 
I was scared. I'm like, I didn't know anybody in my, in my dorm, in my hall. Like, I was on my own. And, and it was just like this. It was, it was cool, and it was a scary moment. And so uh, I, was, I was just glad that, that I'd been anchored in Christ and, and anchored in family. And so I would just encourage you, Connor and Katie, to do two things. Uh, the first is to spend time with God every day. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be 30 minutes, but just carve out some time. However you connect to God, if it's outside in, in nature, you know, if it's a short prayer, if it's reading some scripture, just carve out some time every day for, for God because we all need God every day. Because you're going to have awesome days that are going to be great, and you're going to have terrible days, and you're going to have successes. You're going to make huge mistakes, just like everybody who has gone before you. We're, we're human beings, and so spend some time with God every day. And the second thing would be to find a faith community. Find a church where, where you're in school or, or where you're working. If you're here, right, we're still going to be your church forever. Uh, but if you're, if you're moving forward and, and you're going somewhere else, find a church, or especially a campus ministry. All colleges have, have great campus ministries where there are other young people who are in the same situation as you. They love God. They're trying to navigate uh, the temptations uh, of college and, and early work life as independent people. And, and by the way, in two weeks, I'm preaching on temptation. If y'all want to come back, we can talk some more about that. But uh, you, we have faith in you. And so spend time with God every day and, and find a, a church, a faith community, which can anchor you wherever you find yourselves. And we'll, we'll always be that, that faith community here when, when, you're, when you're in town. But, but we love you and we're proud of you. And God is at work in your life, and we can't wait to see what comes next. So one more thing with Scripture. Even something as, as personal and as individual as, as in, encountering God in the beauty of nature, we can, we can be, uh, that can be magnified through the power of Scripture and, and doing that together. So one final Scripture today is from the Old Testament prophet of Isaiah, uh, chapter 55, verse 12. God says this, you will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. I think that's a beautiful thing to say to our graduates. We, you're, being, you're being able to go out in joy and being led in the peace of the Holy Spirit. And the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. So, so as we look at the mountains and the hills and the trees and the sun and the beach and all that, we can say, wow, God loves us and created this awesome nature. But, but even nature itself is worshiping God. It cries out that, that God is real and, and, and God loves us. And so I want to show you some, some pictures that I took out in Montana and Wyoming when I just went on a spiritual retreat with three of my very best friends who were pastors uh, uh, last month. And I want you just to think of that scripture passage that that we see this beautiful nature. It, it's God's way of saying, I love you, and, and God speaks to us through nature. But also nature just can't help but singing back to God how great God is. And so just imagine this is God speaking to us through the creation. So when I was there in person, it was, it was a holy moment. 
that I, I got to see that the, the words of Scripture echoed to me and, and made it an even more holy moment that, that what I'm seeing was anchored in the Word of God. And what made it even better was I shared it with three of my best friends in the whole world. And, and now it makes it even better to share it with you. That, that when we hear from God and we hear from God together, it's even better than hearing from God by ourselves. So God, brothers and sisters, speaks in multiple ways. Practice hearing from God, but especially start with God's word and let's continue to do that together. And we will always hear from God. Even when there are moments of silence, we can still know that God is with us and God is speaking. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray.